Well, we talk a lot about women and abortion, but very little about men and abortion. Well, today I have a guest with me. His name is Carter Smith, and he's actually my husband, and he's going to share his perspective about abortion. So stay with me. It's going to be a great one. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Welcome back to the show. This is Jeannie Smith, your host, and I have shared with you in the past uh, a few times about my abortion experience, uh, but today I want to talk about a new perspective, one of men and abortion. So we know with every abortion, there is a mother impacted, but there is also a father impacted, and there is a grandmother, and there is a sibling, and so on. But we really need to press into this issue of men and abortion because it tremendously impacts them and how they lead their family and how they father their children. And so today I have invited my husband to the show and his name is Carter Smith. And I just want to share his perspective of how this abortion entered into his life and how it impacted him. So Carter, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. He's such a huge support to my podcast, and each week he is helping to cut and edit and prepare it for you. Yeah, I'm the producer. And you're the producer. Yes, he's the producer. And we sit and talk about, you know, pray about what, what I should be sharing. And it just came to us uh, last night in discussion that we really needed to talk about men and abortion. And I know this is something that you talk about locally. Um, and in small settings, but uh, really felt like we needed to get this message out there in a larger platform because there are so many men as well as women. I mean, we were 64 plus million abortions and with every mother, a father has been impacted too. And That's what right. we see is so many addictions, anger issues, physical abuse, things of like that. I know you're going to talk a lot about that because this affects the family unit. And so this is huge to understand and how, you know, men don't talk about their feelings like women do. We just get so chatty. Men carry it in a different way. However, it still impacts and those implications are still going to flow out of that man and into his life and into his family. And so it's very, very important that we address how abortion affects the man and that we provide an avenue, a resource of help for him to recover. Right, Carter? That's right. That's so. Maybe we can just start with uh, you just sharing how abortion, because abortion never touched you or impacted you at all until you met me, and you learned about my abortion through our engagement, and you had no idea what you were getting into, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. It impacted our marriage in such a huge way, a devastating way. And honestly, if it wasn't for that third cord, if it wasn't for the grace of God holding us together, I don't think we would be sitting here today. Do you think so? I think you're right. You're, I agree with you 100%. God had a plan and a purpose for what he was going to do with us. And that meant for us to be where we are right now, doing what he's planned. So Carter, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself? What, 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 how do you serve in this ministry we have together, God's called us to, and how do you serve your country? 
even your community. It's kind of amazing what God has done over, you know, the 50 years of my life. Um, initially starting out as a, as a poor farm boy and then moving uh, into the military, spending four or five years there, and then uh, moving me into a career in registered as a registered nurse in the medical field. All around women. All around women, <laughs> yes. So I went from the military where I was all, it was an all-men's unit in the 82nd Airborne to all-women in, into nursing school. So He had you jumping out of those airplanes to prepare you to be yeah, around all the all women. All the women, yeah. <laughs> so, so after my time as, as a nurse, God was growing me and preparing me for such a time as this because of the administrative parts that I did in nursing and learning to just the medical field in general. But, you know, as we as I look back on my life, I see that God has prepared me um, and give me a passion and a love for life. Great. And that's wonderful. And so and then, Carter, what did you do after, you know, being in the military and then you went into the nursing field and you worked around women all the time? And what was God doing after that timeline in your life to prepare you for where you are today? Well, I met you. You met, met me. Yeah, and I then everything you. went <laughs> crazy. Everything started to go great. So, oh, yes. my goodness. So no. that's when I became um, <laughs> the um, a man who married a woman that was post-aborted. Yes, yes. And you, we met, uh, actually, we were working on the same floor in a hospital setting. I was doing physical therapy. That was my career. And you were a nurse. And um, Both of us starting out. Both of us starting out. We That was, you know, wow, think about that. That was just a divine time. The Lord had purposed two individuals from two different um, directions in life that had come together for such a time God had ordained for us to be together. And um, I, I didn't want anything to do with you. <laughs> well, I wanted everything to do you with you. Oh, so, you know, I... <laughs> I uh, had was in a love affair with Jesus and um, just in a sweet season in my life um, of, of singleness. And um, so Carter was asking me out and, and I didn't want to go out with you because I, I think I was scared that if I went out with you, it was going to end my love affair with Jesus and milk duds. Yes, my super large box of milk duds that I would stop and get every night and read my scriptures. And so, but I finally gave in and went out with you. And when I did, the rest is history, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. You started buying the milk duds for me. Yeah, right. me stop. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so the thing was, is during this time, I was very liberal, too, in my thinking as far Were as... Were you? Yes. Wow. Was, okay. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard you say that. Yes. I was very liberal in my thinking at that time because I didn't have... I, I didn't see abortion as... I was just indifferent about it. Mm. In other words, it wasn't, it, it wasn't on my radar, and it wasn't important to me. Mm. And I think there's a lot of Americans out there, especially the younger generations, that, that it's that same way. Wow. That they don't re- it's not on their radar. They don't understand the implications of what abortion is doing to our world and our society. That's a really, really good point. And that's where, um, as, we move, as we moved on through our relationship, and when we, we, when, once we were married and trying to have our own child, that... I'll never forget the moment that you came to me at the door when I came home from work, sobbing and just wrapped your arms around me and said that you were cursed yeah. for your abortion and that you were that you felt like you were never going to be able to have another child yeah. because of it. And I really believe that because I, you know, every going through infertility, you and I went through infertility and, you know, each week that that test uh, come up negative, 
I would listen to the lies of the enemy that would speak to me and say, you had a baby, look what you did with a baby, and you think God's going to give you another baby. It was it was really mental torment, and you didn't know so much about that at the time because I kept that all internal. I didn't really mm-hmm. talk about it, so no, you really didn't know it. what was going on with me. I remember you saying that you didn't know what kind of genie that you were going to come home to during this season of time. Tell, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, you were so emotional, emotionally volatile because of but I didn't realize it at the time that it was because of the abortion yeah and 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 once I realized that um, I saw the impact that the abortion had and it had had on your life and had had in the past on your life and so mm-hmm. all of this was culminating into something that we really needed to to uh, pray about I mean I felt pretty helpless in the whole situation because I knew there was nothing that I could do but I but I knew that I served a Jesus that could, mm. and so I just began to pray. Yeah, and I mean, there were there were days when you would find me in the closet crying, uh, many days. You would find me in <laughs> probably many rooms of the house crying and uncontrollably, and just could not, I cannot do anything about this pain. You could not do anything about this pain. And here's this uh, abortion destructing our marriage. You're watching it destruct your wife, and you felt helpless. You used the word helpless, that there was nothing that you could do. And so what did you do at that point in time? Yeah, just I started to pray and I started to, I I think the revelation was that I was realizing the impact that the abortion truly had on your life that I never realized before. And it changed my whole perspective about the power and the damage that abortion can do to a woman's life. Yeah. And, and Carter, there, there's um, the significant uh, moment where I, I was learning about, you know, so God sent help, didn't he, Carter? He answered your prayer and yes. he sent help through a pregnancy crisis center where I was led to and I went through abortion recovery, this amazing Bible study that forever changed my life. And, and mine um, too. And yours too. And I, and I want you to share about that from a, from a, a, men's, a man's perspective, but before you do that, um, can you talk about the day that you walked into the room? And I was learning about fetal development, and I was laying in the floor because I had just learned that my baby could feel pain at the time of my abortion, and that wrecked me. I did not think I was going to be able to move forward in the healing program that I was going through. I was just devastated. You walked in and found me in a fetal position, and what were you thinking at that time? So when I found Jeannie in the closet, I knew that, again, that was a helpless moment for me. And I knew that the only person or the only thing that could help her is was God. And so I knew that she was looking at me as a support, almost as a savior, but that that wasn't my place. That was God's place. So God clearly said, just leave her to me. And so I walked out of the closet and went downstairs to the basement, and I began to pray for Jeannie. Yeah, and... and- I remember you saying the words to me that you couldn't rescue me, that God had to rescue me. Yeah. And that's really profound, those words. And and I remember just being angry. I was upset. I'm like, I cannot believe he just walked away and left me. Like, what kind of husband is this? But later I would come to understand that had you walked into that scene and picked me up and, and helped me and rescued me, I could have become very dependent on you. When in that moment, it was truly God that had to rescue me. Um, and that's and, exactly what he was, yeah. I was, I was hearing and seeing from him, yes. Yeah. So, 
Carter, let's fast forward a little bit. Um, I've talked about my healing before in, in the podcast episodes and that beautiful moment, how Jesus touched me and healed me, restored me, and I was never the same. Now, can you share the day that I came home from that experience, that woman at the well experience, miraculous healing? What did you see? Anything different? Talk to me about what you saw that was from a, from your perspective that was different that day versus what you had seen. Sure. I, I mean, there was a there was a true glow on you of the spirit and all the things that I had been seeing in the past, the depression, the guilt, the shame, all those things were gone. And that was so powerful, not only for a witness to you, but to for a witness to me. And at that moment, in, in, in my mind and in my heart and soul, I said, if God can do this, then I'm all in. Mm. And so for whatever God wants us to do, mm. I'm willing to do that. Yeah. And and this was like a full surrender, right? Because we have to understand that abortion destructs. The enemy uses it as, as a tool to destroy, to kill, steal, and destroy. And it destructs in three primary ways, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So it's coming against not just the woman, but the man. And in a marriage, in a marriage, it's coming against the marriage, like the, the enemy. Oneness. The yes, oneness the oneness. The and and so for couples, now, so Carter had never been impacted by abortion. He married into abortion. But for a husband and wife that have chosen to have this abortion together, this can devastate them. Through the years of counseling, I know I've counseled women and you've counseled men, Carter, and sometimes we sit and talk with couples together. And there's just this elephant in the room, this hidden secret this hidden topic that never gets to, this blows my mind that in a marriage of, I don't know, 20, 30 years, this is just something we never talk about. How many times have we heard that? This is just something we don't talk about. Um, and it's just this underlining pain in their life. However, it's unraveling their marriage. There's not connection. You use the word oneness mm -hmm. because the oneness seems to dissolve, you know, and, and the oneness because is... that's the spiritual aspect of all marriages that that even today, I think a lot of people miss yeah. the spiritual oneness that comes between a man and a woman in Christ. That's good. And so with abortion, we see that dissolve. Yes. And and they just do life together, right? They, mm -hmm. and, and many times, and those are for the ones, by the way, that stay together. Because more than often, a relationship will end. Even if the abortion is not with that person, that happens. I mean, it happened with us. I was just a man who married in a woman who had a post-abortion, and we saw the it almost devastated our marriage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I couldn't understand why you were having these feelings and thoughts and and behaviors when it was all stemming truly from that abortion. And yeah. when God healed you, and when you came to that door with a new glow, you were a totally different person. I mean, literally a totally different person. And only God could do that, and I knew that. Mm. So that's why it changed my life forever as well. And what did you want to do at that point? Serve him. You just wanted to serve him. Well, I mean. And so here we are. And so here we are. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and you did serve him, Carter. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you got involved. We both got involved with the local pregnancy crisis center. I remember sitting, watching you go through, I went through abortion recovery training and learned to be a facilitator and started volunteering. And then you began to go through mm -hmm. post-abortive um, training as well learning how to volunteer and serve with men. And I remember seeing you sitting in that room of women that were learning how to be volunteers and abortion recovery. And there you were, a man, again, sitting with all these women. So this takes us right back to those days of nursing, mm -hmm. right? 
yeah, where yeah. God was preparing you even then um, to be around all these women. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because I would question myself many days going in there. Why am I doing this? What are we doing here, God? What is this? And so, but he continued to prepare and it changed my perspective on abortion totally. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? One thing we didn't talk about, Carter, which I think is really important, but talking about the preparation that God had for you, was he also had you serving as an executive director. He was a very successful executive director um, that moved into even a region position in hospice care. And and tell us about your love and passion for that and why, you know, you talked about earlier your, your passion and love for life. Yeah, so that that's amazing that God was doing that as well. I mean, even even through my entire life, it has always been to serve and protect people. That's mm-hmm. why I went in the military. Mm-hmm. That's why I became a nurse. You know, in the I military, in the military, I was protecting people and I was learning how to fight to protect. When I went into nursing, I was learning how to love and take care of people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's always been about taking care of God's people. And so, but I didn't really realize that at the beginning. I mean, as time went on, I've now saw that that's exactly what God was doing with my life is that he was he was training me to serve and protect and to be a um, a, a, a benefit to everyone I come in contact with. And so that's where God started to use me mightily in helping me realize the effects and the devastation that abortion was doing not only to our lives, but to our society, to our nation to our world. Wow. And things really started to change, clicked and started to change in my mind about what abortion truly is doing to our, to us all, the spilling of innocent blood. Yeah. And you, and you have such a powerful message, um, on your perspective on abortion and how it's impacting our nation. And I want to get into that and, and we may even have you do another episode where you have, you know, just more time to just really, really talk about that, because I, I love to hear your passion come out um, in regards to that. But before we jump into that, I, I, I want you to share how everything God was equipping you for, you just kind of went through that timeline there, those nursing skills, how God is using that today. Like what, tell us about your, what, how God used that in the ministry in which we lead and so, what you developed. Yeah. So the ministry we lead, we, we've been leading this for a little over a decade now. And so um, as, as everything had to be created, we founded it from the ground and we decided and God decided and gave us the vision of what it would look like. And so what, we, what I did is use the administrative skills from my nursing and from the medical field to put together the clinic that we now use. And last year we had 500 plus girls come through that center for help. Yeah, and so I, I, you talked earlier about, you know, how um, God was using everything from your career, your background to prepare you for this moment. And, you know, what God did, what I saw God do from uh, the perspective of your wife is I saw God stripping you away. You said that he called you into ministry and you wanted to serve him after you seen what he did yeah. in just my life. And so you wanted to serve God's people. And so God was stripping you away more and more and more from your worldly job to mm-hmm. move you into ministry. And um, you were at the peak of your career. And so there was a total surrender here going on in my life, but uh, really in your life, because uh, God was calling you to take all of those skills and your background, everything he's ever equipped you to do for this moment to develop and lead our medical clinic 
which is serving right now almost about 20% of the women uh, in our county. In our county. Mm-hmm. It's just extraordinary watching and knowing what God did through you. And so I, I just I wanted to share that because for those of you that are listening, I want you to know that everything in your life has purpose. Everything that you've ever been through from childhood to where you are today has been to equip you for your kingdom purpose. Yes. God uses all of it. Nothing is wasted. And so let that empower you right. as to if you're wondering, what am, what am I doing here? What, what is God? Like Carter's wondering, what am I doing around all of these women? Mm-hmm. But yet he stayed faithful and obedient. And you are very obedient to God, Carter, at all costs. And I think that's one thing that we have in common and one thing that really sometimes we're called a dynamic duo. I've heard many people call us that, and I kind of chuckle when I hear that. But the, the one thing that causes us, makes us be that, is that third chord. It's mm-hmm. the third chord that held us Jesus. together yep. in the good times and the bad times. It's that third chord, our love for our first love, the third chord, mm-hmm. and our obedience to him. And I think you I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said kingdom purpose because see the world's purpose we had the at one time we had the world by the tail i mean we had everything we had the house the cars the money everything but it but god showed us that he wanted us to have kingdom purpose Mm. not world purpose Mm -hmm. and there's there's a stark difference guys yeah so you need to focus on that kingdom purpose. yes and speaking about that american dream I, i particularly remember when we drove away from it in a U-Haul truck. And um, and I wanted to look back, and I started to look back, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what lies ahead of you is far greater than anything that you will leave behind. I had no idea at the time what that meant. But the souls and lives that we have been a part of saving because we didn't look back and we only looked forward. That's what God was talking about. It our wasn't, mission started that day. You look back and we... And when you turned your head away from that our American dream and pushed forward push in forward. a U-Haul to yeah. Myrtle Beach, yeah. that's when our kingdom purpose truly, truly I started. think there was a pivotal moment and change there. But it, but it wasn't when he said, what lies ahead of you is far greater than anything you left behind. He generational wasn't talking change. Look at yeah, the generational he, change that we've done. Right. He wasn't talking about the American dream. Oh, no. I'm going to give you a greater American dream than the one you leave behind. No, he was talking about eternal Our kingdom, kingdom things mm-hmm. that will live on long after us. Eternal. Wow. That, a I mean, decade of generations that we've changed. Yeah. Yeah. And and all those that are, that are serving alongside of us that mm-hmm. are a part of this. I mean, the ripple effect of one man's obedience one woman's obedience can change the world. So let that soak in there, friends that are listening. Um, what might God be calling you to do today? Maybe it's something small. Maybe it's causing relocation. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just something right in your community, right in your neighborhood. Whatever it is, just say yes and amen to it, right? Yeah. So, Carter, I want to talk about the role of man. I want you to... Speak to us about the role of man and how abortion has truly impacted the role of man. So the role of man, um, there's four categories that I see whenever I look at the role of man. And one is as a family leader, he is to lead his family. He's to be a life protector, just like with me in the military and my time as a nurse, I was protecting life. Strategic planner is where um, we develop what God is calling us to be in our purpose in life. And then we are designers of legacy. 
Um, God intended for us to subdue and rule the world and, and make it our own. Um, so with that being said, I wanted to show you in Scripture where this is actually going on. So we're going to go back to the family leader. So here's where it is. It says in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, and in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds and in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So at this point, you can see that God has now appointed man to be leader along with the woman, by the way, co-leaders in this world. And so then we move on to where it says that we are to be life protectors. In Genesis 1, 29 through 31, it says, Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground. Everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green planet plant for food. And it was so. So here you see that everything has now been given, given to the man to protect and to take care of and assigned to them by God. Mm. And so now we look at what it means to be a strategic planner. And so to be a strategic planner, you have to, we'll see that in Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 7 and 9. It says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So here we see that God is now making, giving us his own breath. And so every breath that we take we're God's, is God's plan for us to, to be alive and to be and to make life and to control all things on this earth. And so then we look at what it is to be a designer of legacy, and that's in Genesis as well. In Genesis 2, 22 and 24, it says that, 22 through 24, it says, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. So it came from, So the woman came from the man, and, it, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. And so as you can see here, that's when legacy started. When God put a man and a woman together in oneness with a relationship with him. And so that's where the role of man is, is to be a family leader, to be a life protector, to, to make a strategic plan for him and his, and his family to grow. And then he can leave that legacy of new, ne the next generation. And abortion ruins all that. Well, yeah, I, I thank you for taking us through that because um, with the scriptures, you, you can clearly see that uh, abortion how abortion destroys all of this yes. in the role of man. Because mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, as you're reading through that and talking about it, I'm just thinking about the many, many faces and stories I've seen even come through our doors, our facilities. And when I think about that, I think about how the... Um, the role of man was, you know, the family leader is sometimes not even, the, sometimes the man wants to keep the baby. Mm -hmm. And 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 she says, no, this is not an option for you. I'm making this decision. And so he's just there to support her because of his love for her. But he doesn't want her to have the abortion, but she wants to have the abortion. So there you see where the leadership of man is being torn down. 
the man wanting to protect the life of his baby is being torn down. He's trying to strategically plan a future maybe for that mother of the baby and the his child, and that's being torn down. And, of course, the legacy is being destroyed because the child's being destroyed, so there's no legacy to leave behind there. So you clearly can see how the role of man is being impacted in all of these things. And many times I know uh, young men that have grew up without a father. I mean, women and men growing up without a father is devastating and impacts in, in so many ways. And so uh, the, the legacy of man is just being torn down through generation there. And, of course, his ability, and sometimes the man is, uh, you know, in agreement with the woman to have the abortion, but he does not realize, Carter, right, that when he aligns with her to make this decision to abort this child, that not only is this taking the life of the child, they think that's just resolving the problem. No, this has impacted her in a forever way, and it's impacted him in a forever way. Because I think what happens with the man, and I know you're probably going to get into this, but what happens with the man is when that child is taken away, all of these identities are stripped away from him too. So mm -hmm. with the loss of that child, yep. now he's no longer a life protector. He's no longer a strategic planner. He's no longer a designer of legacy, right? Okay, so talk to us more about men and abortion. Okay, so, you know, like I said, um, men, at, at, the, at any point in life, whether during this pregnancy, he becomes a father. So no matter what happens with the life of this baby at this point, he's always going to be a father. Just like the mother who has an abortion or has a miscarriage, or anything that happens that they don't have their child with them, it is a loss. It is a death, and, it, and, and they're still a mother, and they're still a father. And so those things affect who they are as they move through their life. But what I want to do is um, talk about some of those things that happen, some of this post-abortive distress and uh, symptoms, and not only from post-abortion, but this could be from miscarriage, and this could be from the loss of a child at any time. Mm. And so so what we see is in men, what happens is they have a commitment issues. They have a disregard for authority. Uh, they lose their, well, like you said earlier, they lose their identities in all three of those, all four of those places. Mm -hmm. And they have trouble bonding. They, their, um, their inability to trust addictions. Now, I want to stop here just for a second because it's very important that we address this a little more. In detail. So when we talk about addictions, we're talking about drug addictions, alcohol addictions, sex addictions, any kind of thing that takes over our mindset and who we are mm. other than worshiping and mm. focusing on Christ. That's so good, Carter, because addictions is huge, right? And how we see addictions enter into someone's being um, most often is always through pain. It's through wounds. And we're talking about how the man has been impacted by abortion through this pain and loss. And so when there's pain, we find ways to deal with it, to try to cope. And so addiction is a huge part of that. And then obviously addictions, uh, and, and I just want to add here too, and I know that you, you will agree Addictions are demonized. Oh, yeah, they're demonic. For it's, sure. it's demonic, and so it comes in. A, these things attach themselves to the male or female, and uh, you know this in, in, enters us into all different other topics and things like shame and so on and so on. But, but it mostly enters whenever through pain, because all, that's the door pain. that opens absolutely the way for demonic and satanic things to happen to us. Um, in a spiritual realm. And they take over. And, yeah. and and we think that it's just helping us ease our pain and cope, but that is so short-term. 
when there's such a long-term issue of what addictions are truly doing, they are absolutely meant to destroy and take our lives. Yes, they are physical things taking the place of a spiritual void. Wow, that's that's really good. The, their fear of failure, rejection, um, and just the self-esteem and confidence, and of course, depression. And what we see a lot of times, men will, you know, men don't, you know, they don't cry. So us alpha males, we don't see ourselves as criers, but what happens is when you see one of us angry and screaming, it's the same as crying. And that's where the anger and the rage comes, and that's what you see uh, men do. Mm. Um, so Now that's one that I, I, I hear of very often when counseling women, Carter, is, is, the, is the rage and anger. anger. Yeah. This is a symptom that really, really pours out into the relationship and how they parent their children. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and that's, that's one of the things that I think affects men very, very drastically is the rage and anger. Even myself, I've had some bouncing and, and issues with that particular one. And so as we walk through that, though, we know that it can all be resolved and it can all be helped with the, the power of Christ. And with, of course, looking into the healing process for men through hope and faith and repentance and a future of building a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm, so mm. that's the most, so that will help change a lot of those, the spirit, the spirit of God will change those things because the spirit lives in us. Yeah. And, and so this is, this is wounded men folks that we're talking about yeah. that are walking around from the impact of abortion and, and the, how that role of man that God created, everything that God created them to be has been torn down and destructed because of this abortion. It's affected their overall identity to lead their family. And it's affected them spiritually, emotionally, mentally, right? And and physically as well. And it, it's so huge to understand this because the man's role is to lead the home. And so if he stays with that woman he had the abortion with, or maybe he doesn't, and maybe he gets married to another woman, this, this issue is coming into the marriage, just like my issue came into our marriage. However, the man is the one that's leading the home. And so you know, that what overflows out of him is affecting his relationship with his wife. It's affecting how he raises his children. And we know that the ripple effect of generation, these, these I'm going to call them curses, Carter, because they are curses. These mm-hmm. general, these are general, yeah. abortion is a generational curse. And so these things, fear of rejection, anger, loneliness, depression, all these things that the, the man is walking through is, those are all generational curses that are getting passed on down to their children, all of this can be dealt with at the foot of the cross. And that's where you're saying we've got... So what would you say to a man, Carter, that has experienced abortion, whether it's with his wife that he's with today or with whether it's with even someone in the past, maybe a long-time girlfriend, maybe back even in their teenage years, um, what would you say to that man? I would say that he has to face those issues and that there is hope and through faith and through love he can resolve those issues and move into a life with Christ that would be fulfilling and, and understood. Yes, yes. And and he can have a new beginning. Yes. I, I new beginnings. Yes. It doesn't matter the age. I think sometimes we think that, oh, you know, I'm in my fifties or I'm in my seventies. I've counseled women in their seventies and you've counseled a couple men. I, do you remember maybe their yeah. Ages, I don't know. Uh, one of them was in his sixties. One of them was in and his sixties. One was in his thirties. And you helped them walk through healing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think too with men because they are so 
oh, you know, we're, we're strong men. We don't need this. You know, I can handle this myself. I can overcome this myself. It's that mentality of, but this isn't about you being a strong man uh, physically, right? Or right. even if you think you are emotionally, no. this, or even spiritually, this is about accepting the fact that you had a hand in an abortion, whether you wanted that abortion or not, and that there was a loss of a child. This is about grieving. This is about you as a man having an opportunity to heal from a past abortion experience at the foot of the cross and be restored to Jesus and to walk through maybe it's forgiveness or and, and to acknowledge the child. I think the biggest thing, whether you are a man or a woman, is to acknowledge that child. You are a father. Because some of these men, uh, I don't, you know, and women never have any other children. We hear that many times. And you are a father. There is a child that belongs to you in heaven that Jesus is taking care of. And one day you will be restored to that child. Well, and so it's, it's returning them to fatherhood. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that initially on you said it was a curse. And, and we, we need to come back to that for a minute because you're exactly right. Because what we, what we need to face and understand that we can say the word abortion, but really what the word abortion means is the spilling of innocent blood. Mm-hmm. And it's the taking of a life in murder. And so when you do that, it causes curses. Mm-hmm. What we see in fatherhood is that, like I said, we're all, no matter what happens, they're a father. But then, um, you know, you have other instances where if you, if you have the loss of a parent, you're called an orphan. And when you lose a spouse, you're called a widow. But there's only one word that expresses someone who loses a child, and that is pain. Oh, well. Pain. Wow. Devastating, lifelong pain. Mm. And so we have to deal with that pain and that curse. Mm. And so we have, and, and how do we do that? By Jesus Christ. I love that, Carl. By the blood of Jesus Christ. I love that. And then we can, then we can have blessings. For yeah. a thousand yeah. generations. Yeah, because so what you're saying is we are not being identified here by being fatherless or an orphan or widow. That's right. What, what we're talking about here, and all those those things are true, but what we're talking about is pain. We're talking about pain and grieving that needs to be dealt with, and so resolved. that yes, mm-hmm. and resolved, so that they can be fully healed and restored to their Maker, and then to live out the purpose, their 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 destiny is being restored through the process of being healed by their maker. Walking in freedom. Walking in freedom. And 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 what we just have to do to experience freedom, friends, is we just have to embrace the wonder of healing. We have to, listen, nothing is hidden from God. He knows everything and all things. He knows where you are. He knows that you had a hand in an abortion, and he wants to set you free. And what that entails is for you just to, seek help just to talk about it to, to be in community with someone and where you're expressing yes i've had this abortion and i want to be set free from it and i want to be healed from it because just saying the words carter i've had an abortion or been a part of one or like you said earlier you used the word you know it's murder it's taken innocent life those words i know set me free they're, they're, hard. they're, they're hard to hear it's so hard to hear and it's so hard to say and so many people they get turned off by that. Yeah. But let me tell you something. Walking in the humility of that, walking in the vulnerability and saying, murder, and I took the life of my child, that is what will set you free. And then, well, one of the things, too, is the ministry that God has really given me is called the Eighth-Day Man. Hmm. And that's new beginnings. Maybe. So at, after all this that we've said about the curse and, and the things that, this is where the blessing comes in. Because, see, 
with on the eighth day is when everything is renewed. All debt is forgiven, and you get a, an opportunity to start over with your family, with everything. So all debt is forgiven. And so that's why we wanted to name this the eighth-day man, because what it does is it gives hope. And for those who don't know Christ, it's an opportunity for repentance. And if you don't know Christ, please give me a call. We would love to, to talk to you more about that. But then it gives you faith. You know, in, in not only for for this life, but in the future, too. And so building a relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important part of all of this to get the healing and the blessings that you need. And when you do that, you know, it says that the curses for, are for three to four generations. So that's about 70 years. But it says that the blessings from this could be for a thousand generations. Mm, wow. That's a long time. So, that's a long time. So what I hear yeah. you saying, Carter, is that God wants to see... The role of man restored. Yes. God has a purpose and plan for every man's life. He wants to see them healed and restored, and he wants to see them walk out their kingdom destiny. Yes. He wants them to walk in a new beginning. There's a new beginning and a new start available for all men today. That's what I hear you say. Become saying. an eight-day man. An eight-day eight man. man. I love that. Eight means new beginning. Mm -hmm. And and so what you're offering, what Christ is offering, is a new beginning. Yes. So how might someone get in touch with you, Carter? If, if you are a man hearing this today or maybe a wife who wants to share this message with your husband, if you need help finding healing, please contact us. We can help you with that. We have connections, a directory nationwide, internationally, and we can connect you with someone that can help you get the healing that you need today from abortion, whether you're a man or a woman. Uh, so you can find us on our um, Shattered into Beautiful, right? It's a private page on Facebook. You can also go to Smith Evangelistic Ministries, our Facebook page, and you can reach out to us there, send us a private message. You can go to my website, JeannieScottSmith.com, and you can find us there. If that person is you and you need help, please contact us and we will get you the help that you need. And Carter, you mentioned that they could contact you uh, by phone if they wanted to talk more. So yes. Carter, are you making yourself available? Did you want to give yeah, your phone yeah, number there? Yeah, that's no problem. 864-982-5655 is my cell. And you guys are welcome to reach out to me at any time well, for help. Well, you may have just opened up some huge airways to your cell phone. Are you ready for that? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It's because all for the glory of God. It's all for the glory of God. So we just, uh, friends, we are getting ready to end this episode. I just want to thank you, Carter, for being on here today with us and everything that you shared. And um, love to have you back at another time because I know you have a lot to say about the issue of abortion and how it's destructing our nation. And so I want to plan to have you back for that, uh, maybe even next week. Friends, we're going to close out today. I want to pray over you. Carter, maybe you would like to pray since sure. you're visiting the show today. And okay. uh, then we'll see you back next week. All right. Well, dear God, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this time. God, we know that you have a plan and purpose, even with these airwaves and with our voice. God, we see the power and we see the image of God coming through it as I speak into this mic right now. This is the one of the images of God that we have, and that's to be able to speak truth. So, God, we just ask that this will help someone, that it will be a blessing to them, and that, God, we can see recovery and we can see uh, things happen in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, thank you for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I love you bunches, and remember, live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. 
Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered into Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered into Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way. Thank you.